Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, Nerdoritos. Nerdoritos. Not Nerdoritos like Doritos. Nerdarinos. I need to do that again. Welcome, Nerdarinos, to Real Film Nerds episode number 329, Asteroid City. I am one of your people. Mr. Matt Hinshaw, based out of Prescott, Arizona, and with me on a new microphone because he broke the microphone I gave him, or his children did, so he claims. I think he was just doing things he shouldn't have been with his microphone. Mike, talent, were you farting into your microphone and blew it out? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that, Matt. I, I think uh, everything is fine with the new microphone, but I don't know what happened to the old microphone. Seriously, dude, I think you were trying to record your farts, and you farted too hard, and it just the diaphragms just went, nope, gave up. That is a possibility, for sure. Uh, it does happen on occasion. Sometimes, you know, it just gets out of control. But no, no, I, 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 I'm using this... Uh, my backup microphone, so if I sound a little bit different, uh, I apologize in advance. But Matt, uh, I'm ready to talk about Asteroid City, man. Well, I apologize in advance because I'm not going to edit this shit because I know it's going to pick up everything you do in that room. So, you know what? On with the show, Mike, Asteroid City. It is Wes Anderson's latest film. Why don't you go ahead and break it on down for us? And uh, just a precursor. You don't need to read off everyone in this film because there's like 5 million people. So just pick the ones that you think are important. All right, Matt. Thanks for that. Uh, Yep, this movie was uh, directed by Wes Anderson, written by Wes Anderson and Roman Coppola. And this movie is starring Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, uh... Jake Ryan, Grace Edwards, Mia Hawk, uh, Rupert Friend, Hope Davis, and the list goes on and on. Um, this uh, movie is about following a writer on his world-famous fictional play about a grieving father who travels with his tech-obsessed family to a small rural asteroid city to compete in a junior stargazing event only to have his worldview disrupted forever. Okay, Mike, so before we get going too hard and fast, I'm changing it up this week. We have yet another giveaway. I think this is five or six weeks in a row now. So those of you who listen to this podcast and actually email in are getting Free movies, at least free movie rentals, possibly sometimes, which that's what this week's is. Mike, let's go ahead and roll into the giveaway this week. What do you think? Yeah, man, that sounds great, dude. Uh, What do we got this week? So again, it's from our friends over at Paramount Pictures. Uh, The film we're giving away this week is called The Assassin Club. I watched the trailer for it. It looks, lack of a better word, a lot of fun. Lot of fun, lots of action. It's uh, I'll, I'll read the business here in a minute, but it's basically about an assassin who is hired to kill six other assassins at the same time while they're trying to track him down and kill him. So, very, very uh, uh, meta. I don't know, I'm gonna use that word yeah. a lot, I guess. This podcast, yeah, yeah, dude. That, that I, I don't know how to describe it either, but uh, that's I mean, it looks interesting. I, I'm it, this is right up my alley, dude. I, I love seeing assassin movies and, and kind of revenge. It's, it's kind of John Wickian, maybe, in some ways. Uh, you know, it, it looks good, dude. I, I, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, it looks really, really good. At least the trailers look fantastic. So this is a good one. And uh, this one is coming to us from Redbox. So it is uh, not going to be a owned, owned one, but it's going to be a rental, which still, dude, I mean, I think rentals are going for seven or eight bucks, something like that. So I think it's well worth a watch. Uh, Mike, I'll do. I'll give you a break because you've been doing it over and over and over again. I will do the question this week, and you can email us because Mike finally got our email working right. For those of you who do not know, our email has been working fine, but we just haven't been able to reply properly, so I've had to use other email addresses. And people are like, uh, okay, thanks, cool. Anyways, 
Long story short, Mike fixed it. We have email again as far as sending to people, but uh, I think what we should do for our question, email Mike or me or nerds at realfilmnerds.com and tell us your favorite assassin movie that is not John Wick. Oh, dude, that's a that's a great uh, question, dude. Good job, dude. High five, virtual yeah. high five, virtual high five. You know, you know which one I I always loved and thought was just absolutely fantastic. And of course, I'm going to talk about it, and I forget the freaking name of the movie, but um, uh, the one where they kill uh, they're hunting down Buddy Israel with Ryan Reynolds when he was a really big. Uh, all the assassins go after one guy. I'm forgetting the name of it, and I would love to look it up, but I shouldn't. Oh, I oh, make noise. oh, the one with Samuel Jackson. Yeah, is Samuel Jackson in that? I don't know if I don't know if Samuel Jackson is in it. Ray Liotta and Ryan Reynolds are the FBI agents, and it has a um, a very young Chris Pine. He plays a crazy Nazi. Oh no, I don't. I, I'm 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 spacing on this. Movie. Oh, dude, I'm spacing on the name of it so hard, but it takes place in uh, Reno. Not in Reno. Not in Reno. Um, Nevada, uh, the California-Nevada border, uh, Lake Tahoe area. Oh, okay. No, I, I I, don't think I know this one. Do you, do you, do you want me to silently look it up? Yeah, because you can silently look it up. Ready, set, go. Look it up, Mike. Just Ryan Reynolds or Ray Liotta. It came out, I think, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. It's not like Assassin's Ball. Damn, I'm spending way too much time on this. No, dude, way too much. Uh, uh, keep stalling, though. I'm I'm still trying to find it. It's not R.I.P.D., right? No, 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 no. no that's no. that's the one with um, uh, uh, what's his face from Big Lebowski? Uh, they're dead ghosts and they're detective ghosts. Yeah, that shit was horrible. Smoking aces. Yes, smoking aces. I always get smoking aces and lucky number eleven mixed up because they came out around the same time. Anyway, so my pick that I just love, I think it's just a lot of fun, is Smoking Aces. It's fantastic. So, okay, and now that I've wasted like 20 minutes on our giveaway, which is fine. Paramount takes care of us. We got to take care of them. I'm going to get down to the business. Get ready for an action-packed ride with Assassin Club. Now streaming on Redbox On Demand. Henry Golding stars as an elite assassin who must kill six targets around the world only to discover they're also out to kill him. Sam Neill and Numi Rapace also star in this must-see, globe-trotting action thriller. It is directed by Camille Delamar. Stream Assassin Club instantly on Redbox today. It is rated R, and again, it's from our good friends over at Paramount Pictures. All right. Uh, Thanks, Paramount, for uh, continuing to support the podcast. This is pretty awesome. Uh, and this movie looks great, dude. I I am definitely going to check this one out. So, well, Mike, just go rent it on Redbox On Demand. Oh, of course, dude. Of course, I will. Okay, so now that we have our giveaway done, Mike, let's go ahead and roll into Asteroid City. What are your first impressions of the latest Wes Anderson film? Um, so, you know, Matt, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, it was a little interesting. I, I ended up watching this and I was wondering kind of what it was about afterwards. So it, it, it made me think, and I, I like that. I like that. Uh, it made me think about what, what was it really about? Cause there's a lot of topics that are touched on in this movie and I don't know, uh, in, in some ways it's. It's kind of just a, a movie about an alien visit, but uh, in other ways, it's about some other things, about relationships and 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 how people deal with uh, grief and all kinds of stuff. So, I don't know, man. That's that's what I was thinking. What do you think the movie is about, though? All of those things? I I I, I yeah, kind of. I do think it's kind of about all those things. I I don't know. I feel like this movie is one of those ones where you get what you get out of it and it's it could be completely different for everyone. And that's kind of neat. Do you know what I think it is? What do you think it is, man? It's about nothing. And nothing matters. 
And that's the point of it. And that's what Wes Anderson is trying to make you think. And nothing matters. <laughs> yep. Think about all the all the stuff that goes on. I don't want to spoil it too much, but all the stuff that goes on in it and then the reactions to the stuff that go on, specifically even from children and how, you know, someone comes out to help and it's no big deal and he just shows up. It's it's real it's real interesting. I, I think it's a very, very interesting film. Um I really enjoyed it. Do I think it's Wes Anderson's best film? No. No, not by not by a long shot. I'd put it in his top probably five, but it's not my favorite. My favorite, talked about a little bit last week because we talked too much about Wes Anderson, but uh, I love Grand Budapest Hotel. I think that is his best film to date. That movie was just amazing. That is a really good movie, dude. That is a really good movie. I really like The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, but... I think it's just because I like the subject matter, kind of, with the, the ocean and the different exploration kind of stuff. Kind of the Jacques Cousteau stuff, but different. Yeah, and the submarine didn't implode in that one. Ouch, dude. Ouch. Too soon? Way too soon. Oh, Way okay. Too All soon. right. Sorry. 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 That's messed up. I'm sorry, Mike. Anyways, <laughs> so what I loved about this is what I love in... 90% of Wes Anderson's films. He is an incredible photographer, cinematographer, um, director of photography, whatever you want to call him. His color palette is amazing. This is the biggest set he's ever had or embarked on. They built this whole freaking thing in the middle of the desert for him to do. The I just, I love the style. I love the look. I love the time period he picked. I don't know why he keeps picking photographers to do stuff, but the, one of the main characters is a war photographer. I love that. Uh, you know, my favorite person in the world, you know, my soon-to-be future ex-wife, Scarlett Johansson, is in this film. And you get to see her naked. We'll get into that part uh, again during the spoilers a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I talked about this on the radio, Mike, and I'm going to bring this up. Why is it that Jason Schwartzman literally cannot get a role in like any other movie, but he's in every single Wes Anderson film? He's a good actor. I thought he did fantastic in this film. Dude, that's an amazing point. I don't know. Uh, he is in every single Wes Anderson movie, but obviously he can do a lot of other stuff. I don't know why he's not in other stuff, dude. That's it's a, It's an interesting point. I actually didn't think about that until you just brought it up right now. You'll see him in smaller roles. I don't want to say bit parts, but just smaller roles in other films. Like, for instance, Scott Pilgrim. He's like the villain in Scott Pilgrim. But that's not the star. Like, he literally is not a star in any other films other than Wes Anderson films. And he is fantastic. As, as long as I've been seeing him in film, he's been very good. Yes, he's gotten better over the years. But I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't want to do leading man roles unless it's for Wes. I don't know. I'm just hypothesizing here. Yeah, I, I have no idea what the circumstances are, but uh, he's definitely talented, and he could he could easily do other movies. Uh, may, maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe maybe he's happy with what he's been doing. But he did a great job in this movie, and he does a great job in the other movies too. Like I, I don't know, eh, hard to say, dude. Hard to say. But I will say that this movie, uh, without getting into spoilers. They must have just paid the uh, Film Actors Guild minimum for all these actors to be even to be able to make this movie. Like, dude, it was just littered with, like, everybody. Edward Norton, when was the last time you saw him? It's been a while. Been a while. He was in there, not a huge part. Brian Cranston, he was in there. He actually had a pretty decent part. He was the narrator. ScarJo, Jason Schwartzman, Tom Hanks. I mean... It's just littered with your regulars from Wes Anderson that are always in his films. But I love the addition of Tom Hanks, and I thought Tom Hanks was incredible. He was a blast in this film. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he, he was great. He was great. Kind of an interesting character he had, too. So we, we can get into that here in spoilers. And, and I guess, Matt, I, I think it's that time. I think it's that time that I ask you. What are you drinking this fine morning, evening, or afternoon? Well, Mike, thank you for asking. Uh, so it's been difficult in my career for a while, and it keeps getting more and more difficult. 
But uh, Mike, so this week I'm drinking a cut water Long Island iced tea in a can. Oh, dude, is it is it still like nineteen percent? Nineteen percent alcohol or ninety percent alcohol? No, it's four. It's fourteen percent. Oh, and it's gluten free too. Oh, it's fourteen percent, and it's yeah. gluten free. Oh, that's nice. The thing I have to say though, uh, if I'm going to critique this, is there's too much sweet and sour in this thing. It's very sweet, and I'm not a huge fan of sweet and sour. So, ah, I see. Uh, well, Matt, I am drinking another one of the Ippas. Uh, this time it is a Sierra Nevada uh, Big Little Thing IPA. It's an Imperial IPA. Okay, is that the name of the beer? The what? The name that Maggie gives you? Uh, no, that's the name of the beer. Okay, all right, all right, just making sure. Okay, Mike. Yep. So good, 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 good call, Matt. Good call. <laughs> just, just need to check that out. Yep. <laughs> Took a minute. You got it, though, Mike. You got it, though. Took a minute. I know. I'm terrible. I'm sorry. So, all right. Here we go. Um, My least favorite segment of the podcast, but your favorite segment of the podcast. Mike, what is this week's just amazing dad joke? I got dad jokes. I don't think they understand, though. Gotta think I'm funny. Other people never laugh, though. Dad jokes. All right, dude. You're going to like this one. It's MCU. Ready? What do you call the security outside of the Samsung store? Hmm. The security outside of the Samsung store. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, got it, dude. (laughs) You looked that one up. That's an internet one. There was no way in hell that was in the book. (laughs) It's a good one, dude. Yeah, I like that one. I'll give you that one. I like that one. All right, all right, all right. So that was a good one. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll let that one go, Mike. So, okay, all right. So speaking of the MCU, huh? Nice little oh, segue. Oh, 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 yeah. You had your own segue too, Mike. How does Wes Anderson Asteroid City relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I mean, really, the connections are endless, but I'll, I'll go with uh, the first two easy ones. <laughs> uh, Scarlett Johansson uh, as Black Widow in uh, several uh, MCU movies, uh, Black Widow, uh, Avengers, and, um, you know, uh, Avengers Endgame. It's just, there's so many. Um, and then also, we can do Edward Norton. For the Hulk, dude. Yep. The first, not the first MCU movie, but the third, I think. Because didn't it come out after Iron Man 2? I think it was second, dude. I think it was was right after Iron Man. Okay. Yep. And he was never asked back to play the Hulk, (laughs) which is sad. Right. But uh, he was in it and Scarlett Johansson was in that as well. In the Hulk? Yeah, I think she was in that. I don't think she was in the first one. Because she was, uh, I don't think she was cast yet. Because that was oh no no she was that was in the Iron first Man one two yet. where she no made her no debut. no that 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 was when she went to go talk. Never mind, I'm getting confused. There's too many movies, man. Well, you know what I was thinking of doing, and you know what we'll have to have people write in on this one. I was thinking of changing it because the MCU is just so big now and it's just getting too easy. But you know, some other franchise just hit its tenth movie, and I was thinking. How does it relate to the Fast and Furious franchise? Oh, no. No, no, no. You can't do that, man. No. I don't think I could tie Jaws to the Fast and the Furious. No, no. I don't think you could either. I don't think you could. But, yeah, I was watching uh, Formula One the other day, and I'm really behind in the races, but they had Vin Diesel on there, and they were talking about how many cars they've crashed. And it was they were promoing the 10th one, which, you know, has come out and gone. But, um... Uh, Vin Diesel said they've crashed over 2,000 cars making those movies. Jeez, 2,000 cars. Just obliterated them. That's insane. Anyways, all right. Well, Mike, let's proceed in our podcast about Asteroid City because we don't need to talk about other movies, but we do anyways because that's what we do because we're real film nerds. But uh, It's true, man. That's what we do. We talk about other things and we just talk about what's on our mind. 
So, Matt, what is on your mind about Asteroid City? Uh, you know, in the spoiler section, I already talked about it a little bit, but ScarJo, man, full nude frontal. Yeah, yeah. Did did you lose it right there? Did your popcorn just spill all over the place? Yeah, dude, the bucket, because, you know, I took a date to it, and the bucket of popcorn just immediately, like, the popcorn exploded and went everywhere. Oh, man. I get the metaphor. Wow. Wow. <laughs> What's funny, though... Is uh, I I was looking at it because in the in the nude scene it's not super short it's not super long, um they don't show her head so it totally could have been, uh double or a uh, uh as you like to say from uh, orgasmo a stunt cock, uh but in <laughs> yeah it could it could have been a, a a stunt uh stunt boobs yeah stunt boobs but uh it was not it was scarjo because she actually talks about it in some interviews where it made Wes Anderson really really feel awkward he doesn't like doing nude scenes at all but she thought it was pivotal for the role especially her character but uh this is not the first time she has been nude in a film one of the more recent times where she was nude in a film was 2013's Under the Skin a movie that I have never watched oh dude it is weird as sh- shit you can say shit I, I was, this is our podcast I was, uh, yeah i know i was i was gonna hold back but dude that movie i still don't really know what it was about but yes she's naked but i i don't know i, I don't know what it was about it was weird so i haven't seen it i might watch it i might not i don't know the reason why i never saw it is because it was weird as shit um and also i think i was in new mexico at that point and it probably just floated under the radar it probably didn't even get it there because they had two theaters there but they're very very small uh you went and saw a movie with me when i lived in new mexico once i think yeah dude we saw a movie but i'm saying under the skin didn't i don't even think it hit the american like market really like i think we i think i had to stream that or I, i watched it on Netflix, uh, when it was like a DVD, like I got it as a rental. Huh. Well, I'll check it out eventually. Maybe if it's that weird, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I do like seeing, you know, my future ex-wife, uh, nude. So why not? Why not Mike? Right. So speaking of nudity, I'm going to continue on that topic because why not? Right. Indeed. Why not? So I saw a movie that we were talking about possibly doing in the future that you really want to see that you thought was funny. And I did not take a date to Asteroid City. I actually went and saw it by myself. But I did take a date to the second movie on Friday night. And I didn't realize it was opening week for this, too. That explains why there's so many people there. But, Mike, I saw No Hard Feelings starring J-Law. Oh, you you, you did? You went and watched it, dude? Was it funny? It was really funny. I'm not going to say it was an incredible comedy, but she, if she wants to do more comedies, I will welcome it. She did a very good job. It was fun. Awesome, dude. I, I, I kind of want to see that, but uh, I don't know if I'll be able to get a chance. Um, I'd like to see that with the wife, but, uh, you know, it's it's tough right now with the, with the children units. Well, the young lady I took to the film, uh, she really enjoyed it. She thought it was quite funny as well. Um, but the reason why I bring it up, Mike... Uh, not to spoil that one, but uh, it might entice you to go see it more. There is a hardcore nude scene with J-Law in there, and it is her. Nice, dude. Nice. And full frontal, and it's hilarious. Like, she talks about that, too, and how she, all of her lawyers, because I don't think she's done, like, full nudity in a film up to this point. There's been leaked stuff, but I don't think in a film. I don't think she has in a film yet. Yeah, so they're like, you know, this is going to be, like, forever. Like, all of her agents, like her family, everybody's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And she's like, I have to do it because it's hilarious. So do you want me to tell you the scene, Mike? I'd prefer you don't. Okay, I won't then. But the nudity is what makes the scene hilarious. All right. I love some awkward nudity, and that's what it sounds like it's going to be. It is. It is not as awkward as your favorite, a flaccid penis, but it's pretty awkward. I mean... That's that's some of the stuff from American Pie. I still really enjoy a lot because it was so awkward and odd, and I, it was so funny, dude. Like, ah. Uh, so we'll just tell your mom we ate the pie. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you know, I wonder because this is two movies, two big stars, two booby shots. 
in one week, both opening films. I wonder if we're starting to go back. You remember we talked, we had this discussion not long ago about how there was lots of, not lots of nudity, but you could guarantee to see like a pair of boobs in like an 80s film pretty much no matter what it was. If it was a comedy or if it was a serious film or if it was an action movie, you were going to see a pair of tits. I'm wondering if this is like the start of a trend, Mike. What do you think? Uh, I I doubt it, Matt. But I mean, you can definitely hope, dude. You can you can hope that 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 the 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 free the boobas movement is uh, back at the theaters. But uh, I I I kind of lean against that. Okay, all right. Free the tatas. Let them be free, like no hard feelings. So, okay, again, we're not talking about Asteroid City again. But, Mike, we're going to go back. Asteroid City, we're in our spoilers. We can ruin it. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, he's the alien. That was awesome. Um, honestly, dude, this movie was just a lot of fun. It, it's weird. It's kooky. It's typical Wes Anderson. Uh, it's super meta. Like I don't have any other way to describe it. It's a movie that starts out talking about a, a TV show, which is talking about a play being written by the playwright, which is then being acted out in the play, but then also on film all at the same time. It's confusing as shit, and it's hilarious. Did, did you like the use of black and white and color, man? Oh, yeah. That's that's the the use of black and white and color and also the frame size told you what you were looking at if you're looking at the film part or if you're looking at the play part or if you're looking at the writer part or if you're looking at the narrator part that all changed yeah no i i, I noticed it all and I, I was like wow you know that's that's an interesting way of doing things um i i really enjoyed uh, i mean he he's not really in it that much but um seeing uh jeff goldblum as the alien like it was kind of that was neat like i mean he's in it but like you don't know that he's the alien very much until kind of like just kind of a quick cut scene but anyway uh like all the characters in this movie were just great like all the daughters like the three daughters and and the son like every like it was a lot of good characters and then um, it had the, uh, the person from Stranger Things, uh, season three, who worked at the ice cream shop. She was awesome. And she's oh, in season yes. four. Uh, uh, Grace Edwards? Or no, Maya, yeah. Maya Hawk. Yeah, she, she was awesome in this. She did a great job. She was like the teacher or whatever, and... And the interesting country band that was there, and like I love that little song that kicked off. Oh yeah, when the little, <laughs> the little kid sang yeah. the song. Yeah, he, what? What? I don't even remember what they were doing. They were doing homework or something, and he's they were writing poems, and he wrote a song, which is a poem. Yeah, yeah, no, he wrote a song, and it was hilarious, dude. Like that was great. Like, and it was really well done. Like, it was just, it was a fun, like, I was like, you know, not a lot of people would do this, but Wes Anderson would. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. Um, what do you think about the, uh, how they opened the entire film with the car breaking down? I th- I thought it was good. I, th- I thought it was fine. You know, like, I enjoyed, <laughs> it's ridiculous, but I enjoyed the, the, you know, while they're dealing with the car breaking down uh, situation, um, the, I, I, what, what would you call it, gangsters or, or, or uh, people, like, there's like a drive-by in the road, like, they're shooting at each other. Yeah, well, there's the like, cops chasing after a hot yeah. rodder. Yeah, yeah old 50s like, style hot rodder, yep. Yeah, but like it happens like twice in that scene. It's really funny, dude. Like really like <laughs> Yeah. What did they do? Circle around and do it again? Well, it that that whole scene just reminds me of my childhood growing up and our station wagon breaking down in the middle of the desert and being stuck somewhere. Now they didn't stick it up on blocks. We kept it, but still, it just reminded me of that so much. Oh, and then the other thing that I really liked too was the really super intro was follow following the train into the city and all the stuff that 
is being shipped by train by the government and it's all nonchalant and then it's like nuclear warhead <laughs> yeah yeah no <laughs> no there was i feel like there was some like kind of hidden undertone well i mean not hidden but uh undertones of uh current events and and and, and uh feelings toward them um but uh yeah it was it, that was interesting matt um I love the, the the part where the mechanic's like, well, I've only seen this twice, and one way it's a real cheap part, and the other way, well, we'll see. Well, no, he said it's it's really expensive, so that's why it ends up like that one, and he points to the one out, outside on the blocks, and it's the same car. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, oh, yeah, but I like how he just gives them like, oh, well, you know, oh, well, yours is a third problem. Yeah, <laughs> yours is a third problem, and it's worse. And then, then it cuts to them emptying out the cars that's sitting on blocks outside the shop again. Yeah, no, it it was it was ah, uh, I don't know. I love the little bungalow things, like the little like apartment things, and like Steve Carell. Oh yeah, I didn't even mention his name, but like Steve Carell's like the manager of like in and the weird little like vending machine for property. I loved it. Oh, dude, there's a vending machine for like everything. There was a, a martini vending machine. There was a, a real estate land vending machine. There was a vending machine for everything. I thought that was just hilarious because no matter what, they're nickel and diming you all the way to the bank. Yeah, yeah. I liked how, what, what, what was the land? It was like five bucks and you got like this plot of land and there was like all these numbers. It was 25 quarters and you got half of a football field worth of land in this one section and it had all the posts out where the property was and what section it was that you bought. Yeah, no, it was funny, dude. But I, you know, another fun part was how you're introduced to Steve Carell. One of the families is checking in and he's like, well, your tent's ready. And they said, tent. He's like, yeah, it burned down last night. (laughs) And that's a running gag throughout the rest of the film. They're there for weeks on end, huge spoiler, but they're there for weeks on end. And here it's still sitting there, burned to a crisp, not cleaned up, not rebuilt, nothing with a tent next to it. Just hilarious. Yeah, and they keep like sweeping by. Like there's a lot of sweeping shots of, of the, the tent. <laughs> like yeah, it's 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 pretty funny, dude. Um Yeah. <laughs> this movie just has a lot of, you know, quirky fun like the characters are a lot of fun. I feel like Wes Anderson focuses a lot on the characters and and you learn more about the characters and and that's fun. That's how he does all his movies though. He's very, very much character driven, even if the characters have a very small part, like Edward Norton being the writer, he's still extremely well developed, even though you don't see him much. The narrator, played by Brian Cranston, yeah, you don't know much about his life, but he still is very well developed. <laughs> I mean I think where it gets even more meta and funny is when Brian Cranston pops up in the film and they're like, you're not supposed to be here. What are you doing here? And he's like, wait, hold on. He like looks at his watch. He's like, you're right. And he like slowly like slinks off stage. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, that, that that was pretty funny. The one time you see him in color and he has a bright blue suit on, not a black suit. That was a lot of fun. It it was a fun movie, dude. I, I like how they're like, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I guess we're giving away things as spoilers, but like when the alien comes to visit and then they get all like locked down and then they finally like let him go and then it comes again and they're like, um, yeah, that lockdown is reinitiated. Yeah, right. Well, it was weird. He like came and took the asteroid and then he goes and he puts it back. It was very strange. Yeah, well, they like the one guy said he cataloged it. Like, like he he wrote down like there was like weird writing on it, and they're like, "Oh, they just inventoried it. We're good." <laughs> okay, see you later. I, I like how when the alien first appears, they all just sit there, like they don't move, they don't scream, they don't freak out. They just sit there and just watch him do his thing, and then he goes back to the ship and he takes off, and that's it. I liked it too. I thought it was interesting. So, all right, Mike. Well, anything else you want to add 
about Asteroid City before we get into our reveal of what we're going to review next week? Oh, oh, uh, well, uh, being from Arizona, I felt that the uh, prop up cactus were a travesty. <laughs> were a travesty. The pop up cutout saguaros. Yeah, well, dude, he was making fun of the 50s. That's totally what that was. Okay, but I'm still just saying. That was that was just that was just mean. <laughs> Cardboard cactuses. That was the so that dropped it a whole reel, right? You're like down to like two reels now. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not at two reels, but I'm just saying that was just like, oh come on. But I, I, I get it. Oh, Mike. So okay, um, next week we're talking about a little film that is probably going to be a giant clusterfuck. Uh. But we'll see. I don't know. It's getting mixed reviews. Um, it debuted at Cannes Film Festival not long ago. Is it Cannes or is it Cannes? I, I never know. I think it's Cannes. Cannes? has an E. How can it be Cannes? There's no E in Cannes. It's, it's French, dude. I don't know. Okay. Micah, why don't you tell our lovely listeners what film we're going to talk about for Real Film Nerds episode number 330, I think. Yeah, 330. Yeah, 3.30. We are going to be watching the new Indiana Jones movie. Uh, And I don't know, man. I am the the dial of destiny. I I don't know. I hope. I hope it's it's good and and great and it's a nice send-off for old Indy, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. You know what was a really wonderful send-off for Indy? Last Crusade? Yes, sir. That was perfect. Now we got two more movies. Disney just likes their money. But they're not doing super great, man. I guess Elemental isn't doing super good at the box office, and The Flash is really not doing good at the box office. No, no. The Flash got stomped on, and Elemental didn't do very well. Uh, You know, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I think that's the right, right name. Uh, that that one actually rose to number one again uh, this weekend, so that was a little bit surprising. Um, what was two? Was Elemental two or was that Flash? Uh, I think Elemental was two, and then Flash was three, and four was the film I was talking about earlier. Right, right. The, no uh, hard the, feelings. The, the comedy. Yeah, no hard feelings. J Law. Yeah, dude, that's huge. That's huge. A debut comedy hitting number four. That's a big deal. Yeah, comedies don't usually do too well, but J-Law, I mean. It is J-Law, yeah. There was quite a few people in my theater, and they had it in the smallest theater, and it was it was pretty well packed out. But anyways, okay, Mike, so next week, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, hopefully it's not the Dial of Garbage, but we'll find out. Uh, how many reels do you give... Wes Anderson's latest film, Asteroid City. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, four reels out of five. I had a great time with it, Matt. Um, aliens and, and asteroids and space and, and you know, ScarJo. Everything's good. Mike, I concur. I gave it four out of five reels. I, I love it. I thought it was very good. It was a lot of fun. It's a little confusing, all the, you know, meta stuff the play inside the tv show inside the movie inside the blah little much but i loved the acting i loved the sets i loved the cinematography above all else uh i thought it was a good movie i definitely think if you again we've said this we said this in the last podcast and i'm going to reiterate this if you are a fan of wes anderson this is a not miss movie if you don't like any of wes anderson's films this is not going to make you a fan of his this is for clearly Wes Anderson fans. Yeah, yeah. This is more of the artsy kind of uh, movie. Uh, I mean, I even had... So normally, Matt, I get a lot of showtimes to, to choose from for various movies. And this one only had a few. So, like, the other movies have dominated the theater and, like, taking all the screens. So uh, I, I was just glad to, to be able to see this. But uh, it's definitely... Not as uh, favored by the uh, the movie theaters. Well, I'll show you the kind of dedication Ma Hinshaw has. Um, so our hometown, Mike, did not get Asteroid City at all. The theater there did not get it. 
And so Ma Henshaw and my nephew, Michael, jumped in the car on Thursday night and drove to Tucson to go watch it. Oh, man. Wow. That is some dedication right there. But Michael really wanted to see it. He's a big fan of Wes Anderson. My mom wanted to see it. And my mom, if she can go on a trip and get out of the house, especially for several hours, she'll do it. So they went, had a nice dinner, went to the theater. They got home at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning because there was a fatal car accident on Highway 90. And so they had to go the back way back through um, Sonoida. Oh, man, dude. Wow. Did they go all the way up there and then have to turn around? Oh, Yep. So anyways, we'll talk about that here following this podcast in Ma Henshaw Loses Her Cookies episode something. I think we're at like 19 or 20. God, two podcasts just keep going and going and going. There's no killing them, Mike. No killing them at all. <laughs> nope. So, all right. Well, I think I am done talking. I've talked enough. Uh, you're falling asleep uh, into your IPA or is it empty? Oh, it's empty, dude. I, I, I killed it during the, the course of this uh, wonderful episode. Okay, so that is why you need to go to bed. So, Mike, uh, why don't you do your thing? All right, everybody. Um, make sure to enter our contest and tell us your face, favorite uh, assassin movie that is not John Wick. And, uh, you know, um, thanks for listening and follow us on the socials. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'll catch you on the next pod. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. Welcome, friends. This is Ma Hinshaw Loses Her Cookies, episode 19, Asteroid City. I love this movie, but I'm not sure. It's very strange. <laughs> Are you going to introduce me or not, you old bitty? Hi, Matt. This I only is- have the one sleeving away so you can have Ma Hinshaw Loses Her Cookies, episode number 19, podcast. But oh, you forget I'm even here and I'm doing all the work. So this week, Ma Hinshaw reviews Asteroid City. This is a continuation of the podcast that you just heard, but this is with my ma and it is a different day and we use a different system. We're Skyping. She can't see me. And for some weird reason, she has her eyes closed too. I don't know. <laughs> I need a drink. Okay. I can't help it. My eyes are tired. So there. Okay. Are you going to well, talk about your movie, or are you just going to sit here and talk about dry balls? Oh yes, I w- I had a very long drive to go see this movie. I, 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 I let's start over. So Ma Hinshaw did not get Asteroid City in her hometown of Sierra Vista, Arizona. If those of you who want to mail her hate mail. Uh, go ahead and email me, Matt, at realfilmnerds.com, and I will send you her address so you can send her cookies and hate mail. Oh, no. No? Come on. Wouldn't it be nice no. people sending you cookies for once? It would be wonderful because I've done oatmeal and they're all gone, and now I have to bake more cookies. <laughs> so, okay. Ma Henshaw did not get Asteroid City at Cinemark. There. I'm really throwing them under the bus. In Sierra Vista, Arizona. So my nephew, Miguelito, took Ma Hinshaw to Tucson, an hour and a half to an hour and 45, depends where you're going, drive just to go see this movie late Thursday when it debuted so she could go on the radio with Lisa. And uh, Ma, what was better, the drive or the movie? Definitely the movie. (laughs) Did Michael at least take you to a nice dinner, maybe at, like, Red Lobster? Actually, he did not. We drove back home and drove through Jack in the Box. (laughs) That is a horrible date. How dare he do that? Mom, you're the one that raised that child. You raised him wrong. Unless you're a big fan of Jack in the Box and he was secretly getting to your heart with the two tacos for 99 cents. 
Oh, well, I didn't. Oh, shoot. I forgot. I like their tacos. No, no. I got my sandwich, my go-to sourdough jack, but, you know. You didn't get a a bacon ultimate cheeseburger? Nope, but he did. (laughs) Nice. nice. By the time we got home, it was midnight because he Googled a gas station and it was a very strange location. (laughs) And that was kind of a crazy drive. And so then we had to turn around and go back and figure out how to get out of Tucson. So why would he we, do a weird gas station? Why not just go to the ones that are right off the highway? Because I told him there was a gas station right off Wilmot and then he decided to Google one. So, so he knew better, right? Well, I guess. Or Google better. Did this inspire Michael to become a uh, practicing member of the Second Amendment? Uh, uh, What's that? You don't know what the Second Amendment is. Is that the one about guns? Yes, the right to bear arms. Oh, oh, okay. Well, no, no, it wasn't that bad a neighborhood, but we sure didn't know where we were exactly. It was crazy. Anyway. But I was very thrilled, and I don't, I'm not sure what the movie was in Tucson, but it, they had like 16 different shows, I mean, movies. Was it a Harkins? It might have been. It had a huge snack bar thing. They even had pizza and stuff like that. It was great. And And he didn't even buy you popcorn or pizza at the movies? What kind of grandchild is this? Oh, we're frugal. Oh, my butt. He has a job now. He can pay you back for the years of you putting food in his mouth and oh, buying uh, him cars and paying for college. I mean, Mom, we let's say what it is. He's not your grandson. He's he's your son. He didn't hasn't gotten paid yet, so don't go there. But well, anyway. he damn well will better be buying you some movie theater pizza in the future. Oh, he will. He will. I'm sure he will. At least so, he and we Enough got about Ma Hinshaw's wild ride. Are you going to talk about the movie? We're like yeah, 10 minutes in already and you haven't even said anything about the movie. Well, it was a very strange movie and it started out with a dude who was writing a play or I guess he was writing a play. Anyway, it was in black and white and stuff. And then it went to Asteroid City, which was in color and it was located in Arizona. A barren area of Arizona, but it's not true. I think it actually takes place in Nevada. Well, how come they said it was Arizona? Well, I don't think when when did they say it was Arizona? Uh, and one of the things I read on it, one of the things you read, but you can't see to read. I can see to read some stuff, but anyway, it kind of looked like. Around Holbrook, if if you want to know the truth, you know. It well, but there Holbrook has more trees, I think, than that, that does. And I, it was very spot on with the 1950s, uh, the um, cafe. Oh, I used to love to sit on those chairs that go round and round and round. Of course, I was a kid at the time, and. Uh, the um, little hotel things that were kind of like little boxes that you stayed in, and I can't think of what they call them. The cars were very 50s awesome. And uh, then it was about a dad who, who lost his wife and was taking his kids to find the right spot to... Uh, bury their mom's ashes that is not what the movie was about whatsoever and i told you you don't need to talk about the movie and also another thing i have to point out it is driving me nuts i don't know what you're bumping but you're hitting something with your microphone okay ma so asteroid city one of mike's biggest issues that he had with this film was uh the cactuses were made of cardboard and mike said as a uh uh, born and raised Arizonian, although he wasn't born in Arizona, he was born in New Mexico, but close enough. Arizonian, Arizonian or Arizonan? How, what do we say, Arizonan? Yep. Not Arizonian? No. 
like Amazonian? No. Okay. Well, no. you're you were the one that was actually born here, but he said okay. as a uh, God-fearing Arizonan, uh, he with good you know taste can't uh, condone the cardboard cutout saguaros. Oh, but there were lots of things that looked like cardboard cutout stuff. Yeah, but he said he can't condone the uh, cactuses that were cardboard well, cutouts. All right, all right. I'll cut him some slack there. It's they all about the aesthetic is what it is. I mean, that's supposed to be look like a 90s, 1950s made film, and that's what they're trying to do. And stop moving your head. I'm not. Oh, am I? You did. You shook it. Oh, well, anyhow. That didn't bother me terribly much, but I I don't know. I thought that it was really barren, and then there was the spot where the asteroid landed, which was kind of different, I thought. But uh, the movie, to me, kind of, you kept wondering, now, where are they going with this, and why are they going here? And why are they going back to the triplets? And then the triplets they weren't were triplets. He had three daughters. They weren't even the same age. Well, no, they weren't. That's true. I shouldn't call them triplets. That's right. The three girls there. Okay. I'm wondering if you're moving your phone or something, because whatever you just did made noise again. Just put it down. Put it down. I can't. I'm sitting in my walker. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Okay, well, go talk. Make it quick. Chop, chop. Okay. Anyway, there were a lot of really good actors in this. And uh, Tom Hanks played the grandpa. And he was good. And, of course, I can't leave out Scar Jo because I like her better as a blonde. But she was very good. You saw a lot of her. And... Jason, and I'm, I can't pronounce his name. Schwartzman. Schwartzman. I kept wanting to say Schwartzkopf or something. Anyway, he was very good. As the dad, um, it was, and it, I don't know. I kept trying to say, well, where are they going with this, you know? And then uh, Brian Cranston being, uh, did you call him the narrator? That's his title in the film, yes. Yes. Well, anyhow, he was fine, but I'm like, uh, why? You know, I just, it kind of, some of it didn't work together for me. But then I'm old, you know. <laughs> and, so basically uh, you didn't understand the movie. No, I did understand it. I did. I really did. And I thought it was really cool that these the little girls were so, well, the kids, all the kids, all four of the kids were very, very smart. And All four of the kids? Which kids are you talking about? The ones that were there for their yeah. science projects or the children that were the daughters of the war photographer? Well, I thought that the children of the war photographer were very smart, along with the other kids. Oh, Lord. Weren't they? They were not the ones. Okay, so they were smart because they all thought they were witches? Well, no, that's right. They didn't think they were that smart, I guess. And they were trying to raise their mom? Yes. And they were saying potions and all mm-hmm. kinds of things to try and bring her back to life, even though she's a Tupperware full of ash. Yes, that's true. So, Which, yeah, they're real swift. <laughs> it was kind of strange. That's true. Okay. Well, anyway, guys, there was a, a an asteroid in there somewhere. Right? Right. What did you think of the alien? Uh... Don't hurt yourself, Jesus. Trying to think what I I thought I don't know, I just thought it was very skinny. <laughs> Does that sound well, awful? You know who played the alien, right? No. It was Jeff Goldblum. Really? Yes. No. I wondered what part he played. 
Yeah, he's very skinny. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, oh. folks, but uh, I do the best I can. <laughs> it's not my fault. My mom does not read IMDb or the internets or anything else or the credits or she no, just I likes don't. her movies that have pretty colors. No, I don't. I go in there expecting to learn whatever it is, except I wasn't learning a whole lot, I guess. I don't know. There, Mom, some movies are designed to teach you things. Some movies are designed for entertainment. This is clearly an entertainment film. It is not a documentary. If you're trying to learn something from this, what did you learn? Not much. See? <laughs> Oh, don't Jesus. Write I don't know how much more I could take this pain. Ma, next week <laughs> we're going to watch Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Indiana Jones number five. Uh, are you excited about this film or is it going to be hot garbage since you're younger than um, Harrison Ford? I'm not younger. He's 80 and I'm 81. How dare you? A lady never tells her age. Well, I I'm truthful. Let's look at it that way yeah i'm looking forward to it because well i used to be a real fan of harrison ford i'm not too sure now but if he can get on a horse i'm pretty proud of him he doesn't so, get on a horse i'm telling you i know i know it i'm teasing it is a stunt <laughs> double okay all right well Jeez. anyway i like his head all you do is you just want to see Harrison Ford writing something. That's just dirty, mother. It's dirty. Wow. Oh, dear. Okie dokie. Well, I will. Well, I'm going Thursday. I will be there with bells on and a Coke. So there. Okay. Well, is Michael going to buy you pizza on that day then? They don't have pizza at this movie. Popcorn? shrunken hot dogs and and chips with too much Velveeta on it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, well, well anyway. I, I, I really could say something about the shrunken hot dogs, but I'm going to stop because you're my, my nice, sweet <laughs> old mother. <laughs> Every hot dog I've ordered has been... <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> How'd that go again? <laughs> no. I'll jiggle the phone or do something with it. Oh, no. You already have. This is a, a disaster <laughs> of 25 minutes Mahinshaw podcast. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So, well, okay. What do you give Asteroid City? How many cookies? Well, I kind of downgraded it to a four because I really kind of, it just went back and forth and do and fro and I kind of had, I like you see, I was confused at times, but I still thought it was really good. So I gave, gave it a four. So you think a four is a bad rating? Well, compared to a four and a half. Yeah, but a four is still a B. That's still a very high rating. Yeah, I thought if it was. If you didn't like the movie, if you think it's just average, it's a three or a C. Yeah, well, no, I didn't think it was just average. I thought it was better than average. Okay. You could have given it a three and a half then. Oops. Well, I gave it a four. Okay. That. <laughs> okay. Is that what you gave it on the radio? Or did you have a change of heart? No. I think I gave it a four. I think. I can't remember. What do I know? Okay. All right. Again, anybody have any problems with this podcast, please email Ma Hinshaw at mahinshaw at realfilmnerds.com. Do not send it to Matt or Mike or nerds. It goes directly to mahinshaw at realfilmnerds.com. Ma, anything else you want to add today? I have paper saguaro cactuses. They weren't paper, yeah. they were cardboard. Well, whatever. I guess okay. cardboard's a form of paper. But yes, next is. week, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, don't forget to enter our latest giveaway uh, you're going to have to email me, Mike or nerds. Uh, for those of you who are curious, nerds goes to both of us. So you can just email nerds. It's probably your easiest thing, but anyways, thanks again, everyone for listening and putting up with the shenanigans of my sweet old mom. She tries, 
uh, you know, this is what keeps her going. I don't know what else to do. Maybe I'll get her a puppy. Maybe that'll keep her from wanting to do a podcast. I don't know. All righty. Well, thanks again, everyone. And we will chat with you next week. Indiana Jones. Bye.